Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie, and I'm here without Savannah today, and that can only mean one thing. People aren't just bakers nowadays, they are definitely artists. So now I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, cancer's not going to hold me back from making cake, are you kidding me? People sometimes ask, like, what's your hobby? Well, my hobby is my job. I love what I do. It's like a canvas that you get to start over every single time you do a new cake. And then you give it to someone and you get to see their smiles and their faces. I mean, it's unbelievably rewarding. Caking, for me, is all about creating a moment and a memory. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Carrie, and I'm without Savannah today, but together we own the dessert studio in Utah. So this week in the bakery was great. I was really busy because I was doing a lot of it by myself, and things take a lot longer when there's one of you instead of two. But the reason was because Savannah was out having her baby, and so it was all good. I was totally fine with it. And I got to spend some time at the hospital with her. So that was that was awesome. She got to choose two people to come into the hospital with her. Um, because of COVID, they limit the number of people that can even come and visit when a baby is born. And so I was one of the lucky two, along with Daddy, that got to come in and see the beautiful baby and Savannah before um, they went home from the hospital. So yeah, I'll let Savannah give you some of the details of the delivery and everything, And but I'll just tell you that we were joined this week by the most beautiful little baby girl. Her name is Flora Lynn, and she is a doll. Um, when Savannah's ready, we'll post a picture so that you can see she is seriously such a beautiful baby, and I am obsessed and loving this whole grandma thing. So yeah, there were a few days when I was in the bakery by myself and there will be more because she's out on maternity leave for a while. But um, yeah, it takes a lot longer when you're by yourself instead of two of you, but it is also awesome when you can spend the day working and know when I'm done, I get to go see the baby. So yeah, it was a, it was a good week. And we are so excited to have her join our family and pretty soon she'll be joining the bakery, right? So I'm holding down the fort by myself today on the podcast, but luckily for all of you, we had Savannah here with us when we did some interviews that we will be airing. And so this week we are talking to Esma Kiram. We actually talked to her a couple of weeks ago, so Savannah's on the interview as well. And you guys, she's awesome. She's a creativity coach and she shared some tips and some ideas and just some philosophies that I thought were so cool. And so I'm really excited for you to hear what she has to say and how her creativity coaching ideas can hopefully help all of us in our own individual bakeries. So let's get her on. Hello, Esma. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you guys? We're good. We're, good. We're so excited to chat with you today. So we are here with Esma Karam, and she is a creativity coach. And I am so excited to talk to you about all things creative because I think this is so cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and what a creativity coach does? I'm glad you asked. Um, 
So creativity coaching, I think it's not a term that's used as much as let's say life coaching or business coaching, but essentially I help with any creative blocks that are coming up for people. And these are super common. We all struggle with them. Things like procrastination, um, imposter syndrome, uh, lack of inspiration, comparing ourselves to others, and generally fears, fears that come up around sharing your own creative work, your art with the world. Um, yeah, so I coach people through those creativity blocks that come up for them. And also, I am a business coach as well, and I like to specifically work with creatives so that they can make a living off of their passion, off of their work. Um, and I also help people transition into creative fields. So, yeah. That's Incredible. so cool. I love it. Yeah. I, I, All the things that you said, I wish we could just do like a whole episode and just dive <laughs> deep in every single one of them. Because <laughs> I think, yeah, as hey, cakers. I can come back on anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, as cakers, I think all of us has felt one of those things at one time or another. And so I think this will be so good just to hear what you have to say and your advice is to overcome all of these things. Yeah, for sure. So just so that we our, our listeners know a little bit about your business, how if, if we had a listener that wanted to reach out to you and engage your services, what would they need to do? It's really simple. I am super active on Instagram. Um, it's just Esma underscore Kiram. That's my Instagram handle. So you can just shoot me a DM um, and we can chat and see if you're a good fit. Um, or you can go to my website. It's just EsmaKiram.com. Um, and you can hit schedule a call on the website. That's so cool. So yeah, we'll be we'll be posting it on the Let's Talk Cake Instagram as well. So you can reach her by going through there also. And I I just think what you're doing is what a creative idea to help people with their creativity because I know it really it really all those things you said are so real and they are such stumbling blocks when you're trying to do a creative thing and make a business out of it. So I think I think that's really neat. And here's the thing. We people like to think that they like to separate creativity and business. Like, oh, right now I'm wearing my business hat. Right now I'm wearing my creative hat. But I don't like doing that because creating a business, just being an entrepreneur, I believe is one of the most creative things you can do. They're not it's not black and white. They're not as separate. So um, why not just talk about it as a whole picture and see how you can bring your creativity into the business? Because that is what's going to help you stand out from other businesses, if I'm making sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure you are. Yeah, very cool. So I'm just interested. We'll quickly jump into cake after this. But how did you come up with this idea? How did you get started in this field? So like many coaches... I think I started out wanting to heal myself and coach myself. So I come from a corporate background. Um, you know, my family is a business family and it was kind of expected growing up that, you know, the new generation would join the family business. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this. I love that legacy. I love that family members get to contribute, but 
um, it just wasn't me. You know, I was a little kid singing Phantom of the Opera in my bedroom <laughs> at age four. You know, it was just I had that performer in me. Um, so but it just took me a while to accept that my path could be different. Yeah. So after college, I did go into corporate and I worked with the family business for a while. I got an MBA. That's actually why me and my husband, we moved to New York in the first place. Uh, I went to Columbia Business School and I was just on this business trajectory. But then I graduated from MBA and I could not bring myself to apply to jobs. It was just something in me snapped. Um, and I just decided to go to a two-year acting conservatory <laughs> program, <laughs> just complete 180. And then um, I graduated that and I was changed. And it took me a while. I, I thought, again, it was that black and white thinking like, okay, now I'm a creative, no business. I'm just going to go to auditions. I'm going to sing, write songs, act. But then I realized, hey, I'm good at business and I do like certain aspects of it. Why can't I join them? Yeah. And also it just became an obsession and a passion of mine to want to help others find their true calling and just allow themselves to shine and with their creativity, because we do as a society get to, we get kind of stuck in these paths or shoulds that society or family tells us about how we should live our lives, what careers are acceptable. I'm a proponent of just make your own path make your own career awesome I love it it's a good it's a good philosophy I think and um I think that the the most successful people that I know that I see doing great things are people who who as on, in entrepreneurs are people who have taken ideas and run with them that that didn't fit the norm I mean there's plenty of norm out there and so when you do something different that's when you have a chance to to separate yourself and to shine. So, Absolutely. And that cool. is what resonates because people want to see authenticity. That word is used a lot, but it, it applies. <laughs> so we put it out on our Instagram on Let's Talk Cake that we were going to be chatting with you. And we got lots of good questions that cakers around the world want to know and learn from you. And so these are some of these questions. And if you hear your questions, Thank you. <laughs> and just so you know, um, if you don't hear it exactly like you sent it to us, um, we actually kind of combined some of them that were similar. So, yeah. yeah, but I'm excited. We got some really good ones. So, Esma, what advice would you give to cakers who are so busy fulfilling orders that they don't get to stretch creatively? Okay, this is a really good question. So, Understanding that you obviously do need to pay the bills and sometimes it's not feasible to be super selective. You can ask yourself the question, where is there an opportunity for me to create the kinds of cakes and decorations? I'm sorry if I'm not using the correct terminology. No, you're great. But you get what I'm saying. Um, so, but where isn't there an opportunity for me to make the kinds of cakes that I want to? Can you reach out to people in your neighborhood, like hotels or wedding venues, 
with a catalog or pictures of what you can do, like what your capabilities are. And how can you make the transition towards finally only making the types of orders you want to be doing? And again, I realize that this isn't always feasible, but if you can hire and delegate some of the tasks that are not within your creative genius, your genius zone, that would be ideal. Because then you actually create some time, pockets of time for you to experiment and just do the creative work that you are drawn to. So I guess my advice would be, you know, how can you personally reach out to potential clients and showcase what your capabilities are, you know, maybe set up meetings with them and just have a catalog of photos of your capabilities. And then what can you delegate from the day to day that is not within your zone of genius? Cool. I love that because I think the catalog and just reaching out to people is so relevant as well as social media. If we're making cakes for orders and it's not something that we want to repeat or it's not our style, we don't need to post it. And then and then other people don't need to see that we're making cakes like that. If we focus our social media and our websites and catalogs, whatever it may be, on really our style and what we love to do creatively, then we will get the right people coming to us. Absolutely. I mean, social media, with all its faults, is such a blessing for artists and creatives. Because like you said, you can just curate your image. You get to decide what you are known for. And I'm not saying don't, you know, take any orders um, outside of the realm that you want to transition into. You obviously you have to sometimes. Um, But again, you get to curate your image. That's true. I I've never heard the phrase zone of genius. I love that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate just a little bit on what how how that what that is? So, the way I like to figure out what my zone of genius is, it's actually quite simple. If it doesn't feel like a chore when I'm doing a task, that's probably my zone of genius because oh, I'm naturally drawn to it. I want to do it, right? Um, and you know, I, I realize that there are probably, especially in caking, cake making, um, many steps to create a final project. So I'm not saying you're going to enjoy every single little task in there, but just figure out what part of that really lights you up. I love Um, that. We all, I'm sure like you guys tell me what lights you up. What part of uh, a cake project are you naturally drawn to? Well, I love cake painting. That's um, that's probably my favorite part. And I love experimenting with new things with buttercream. So I, that's, that's what I would say probably mine is. Yeah, for me, I really love just buttercream flowers and just, I mean, we're a buttercream bakery. And so really, yeah, just buttercream is really what inspires us and just seeing what we can do with buttercream. And so... Yeah. Okay. It, I love I love so what you good said ex- because sometimes there are things that do feel like chores in our bakery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes we just need to push through it and get get on with it, but 
just focusing on the things that we do love and together as business partners we've had to learn like what feels more like a chore for me versus my mom and so yeah I love that (laughs) yeah and the thing with the zone of genius is often we don't realize that because something that we're good at naturally it just feels so easy we assume that that task is easy for everybody but chances are it's not that's probably your creative zone of genius, right? Um, And then that one task that you absolutely hate doing and it feels like a chore, believe it or not, someone out there probably loves doing that task specifically. Mm -hmm. So when you are hiring, um, ask these types of questions, like what do you enjoy doing in the bakery? Like when you're hiring uh, someone to your team, because that way you can build out the team in a way where everyone gets to do their zone of genius work and it the work just flows. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's such good advice. I, I love that. So I like what you said about kind of by curating your Instagram or your catalog that you're able to kind of narrow in on the things that you love to do the most. Um, so that actually covers the question that a couple of people had about should we be taking orders for cakes that we don't enjoy doing or that don't inspire us creatively. So um, probably yes, but don't necessarily highlight those. Is that your advice? Yeah, I mean, that's my advice. Obviously, you know, take it as a case by case basis. You know, if it's wedding season and you are in need of cash flow right now. Like, you know what's going on in the back end of your business. So I'm don't take, you know, take all of this with a grain of salt. Look at your specific situation. Um, if you want to transition out of wedding cakes, but it is wedding season and you are in need of cash flow, obviously do that, you know, take those jobs. Um, and you can even continue highlighting those just for the wedding season. But then just have a plan in mind on how you are going to make that transition into um, whatever style of cake that you do want to be doing more of. Um, So, yeah, just experiment. Okay. Make just for yourself. Take pictures, create a nice Instagram feed, use Pinterest. Pinterest is a great search tool, too. And we forget about that. Pinterest is great for cakes specifically. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So um, one question was, how can I avoid burnout during my busy wedding season? And how can I stay inspired by my work? And I think I'd like to add to that myself, not just the burnout, but like, just not feeling very creative and not having very many ideas. I think we kind of all go through little blocks. So um, how would you avoid being blocked or burning out? Here's the thing. What if we, the goal is not to avoid feeling blocked? What if the goal is to accept that sometimes even the most creative person has days where they don't feel inspired and making that be okay? Because once we accept this, it's not a failing of ours if we have an off day. It's okay. I'm having an off day. I'm feeling blocked right now. Where can I find inspiration? Maybe you go on Pinterest and you look at some cake pictures. And I'm sure when you go on other visual platforms like that, things will start, um, I guess, percolating or you will start getting ideas. 
because that's how inspiration works. You got to go out there and absorb other art forms. I don't know, go to a gallery, just do visual things to get inspired. Sometimes you don't need to do that. It's just within you. But if you are having an off day, I would say um, Google some nice images and actually go on visual platforms to be inspired. So that's one thing. But how to avoid burnout. Now, this is very important. And the answer is systems. What systems do you have in place in your business from, you know, when you get in the order to who talks to the client? What, I guess, if you're signing a contract, like what are the steps there? And do you have a system that is the same and that you can replicate each time you get a new order? Because if you're just doing things willy-nilly, changing things up every time, it is going to be so stressful for you. I think that's really good advice in lots of aspects aspects of our lives because um, I know I struggle sometimes with just being organized in my home. And if I have a system and I'm and I'm staying on top of my system, then certain things become a lot easier. And I've never really thought of that exactly with the bakery, but that's really yeah, good advice. For sure. And if you don't, with the home example, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but if I don't have a system in place, I will continuously worry. And just in the back of my mind, I'll keep trying to remind myself to do something like, oh, Esma, don't forget to do this. Like you have to call the super to fix the pipes or whatever. And periodically throughout the day, I'll feel the need to check in with that task, right? But if I already know that every Friday or whatever, it's talking to the super day, (laughs) I'm just making this up. Um, I don't have to think about the tasks. I'll write them down Mm -hmm. somewhere and I'll, I'll know that I'll get to it on Friday. Yeah. So you can do this in business as well. I like to batch certain tasks in certain days. So... I don't know, Mondays and Wednesdays can be content creation day. So you write all the captions for your Instagram photos. Tuesdays and Thursdays can be emailing and responding to client questions. You guys know better what those tasks would be for a bakery, but you get what my point is. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. That's, I think that's a really good idea. And in return, if we keep up with that system, our brain has more time to be thinking about creative things and be be thinking about other things besides just all of these small kind of tasks that feels like chores, you know. Yeah. So and I, I think I think for me, the time that I feel the most burnout is when I'm really stressed out. And if you have a it sounds like a good system can help eliminate a lot of the the back of the mind stress that's just kind of eating at you like, I gotta get to that, I gotta get to that, I need to do the sales tax, I need to do, you know, whatever. And if you've got it in place, then that you can forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really good advice. Yeah. And you know, look at if you don't have a system in place, the way to start creating one is to just write down what you what tasks you do on a daily basis, write down even the smallest task, like I greet the clients when they walk in or whatever. um, So that at the end of the week, you have a full list of the things that you do. And this will also help you figure out what you can delegate and what you can take off of your plate. If it's not something that only you can do, 
as the business owner or the head cake maker, <laughs> um, you don't need to be doing that. That's just a waste of your time because it's not within your creative zone of genius, as we discussed. So yeah, systems and delegation, I would say, are the most important things to avoid burnout. Okay. Awesome. Good. All right. Here's another question. So as a hobby baker, how can I turn this creative side project into something profitable? And that can relate to not only a hobby baker, but maybe a bakery that just needs more profit or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, I think that's a good, a good one. Well, before I answer this question, I actually have a question for you guys. Okay. Do bakeries tend to have niches? How does it work? You know, there are some bakeries that try to do it all. I know that there are some that have storefronts that will do cookies, donuts, um, cakes, just like a wide variety. Uh, a lot of a lot of businesses that are more like what we do, we are we will do a variety of things. We do other things besides cake, but um, but we work only off of orders. And so it really varies a lot depending on what kind of setup someone has. We have listeners who have cottage kitchens in their home and they just work off orders. We have those that have storefronts. Um, it just, it varies from baker to baker. And a lot of our listeners are actually hobby bakers that are just content creators for like Instagram or social media. And so they they may not be doing it as a business at all at this point, but some of them might have aspirations to actually start making money at it instead of just posting pretty pictures. So yeah, and why not? You can get there. Okay, that was helpful. So what I'm hearing is maybe um, once a bakery is better established and perhaps they've grown, they can, they um, tend to do a little bit of everything, but um, that may not be the case perhaps for a smaller baker. And that would be actually my advice, especially if you're transitioning from just being a hobby baker to making this into a business. So again, going back to that zone of genius thing, pick what lights you up and what you are best at and pick that as an initial niche. Don't freak out. I'm not saying you can never branch out. I'm just saying initially, it's good to be known for one or two things that you are very good at Um, because that way uh, you can distinguish yourself. And, you know, all the baking is such a visual um, art form. I think it's an art form. So that's what I'm going to say. It is. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. So think of how you want your branding to look as well um, because social media is really going to help you transition into being a business. So pick a logo color when you're doing Instagram stories, figure out what colors you want to use for the fonts. Like I know these sound like small details, but when you put everything together, um, it will, you'll, you'll start to look more and more professional I was just going to say, as as you were thinking about that, um, I think that's really good advice because I think sometimes we want to get our fingers, we think we'll be more successful by getting our fingers into everything and being everything to every customer. And we have found in being in business, um, I was in business before, but in being in business this go around, we have found that um, narrowing things down that's why we're a buttercream bakery. Um, when I did it before, I did buttercream, I did fondant, I did whatever. 
And this time we narrowed it down to just buttercream things because buttercream, we enjoy it more. It feels like less of a chore. We love the creativity of it, the the art of it. And so other people will be inspired by the fondant but, and the things they can do with fondant. But for us, we did narrow down into that. And so I think I think that that's really good advice to to make sure that your potential customers know what you're really good at and then you can gradually add other things in. I think that's easier than starting with everything and then trying to weed out what you don't want to do, what you what you learn you don't want to do. Absolutely. And okay, I have my bearings back again because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to forget I had a bunch of other advice to give, but yes, definitely the number one thing is pick your niche, narrow things down, do what you're good at. And also don't be afraid to bring your own flavor to it. That one thing that you're great out, great at, kind of find a way that you can make it your own and put your own stamp on it. I don't know. Maybe you're known for having uh, a different color grade to your fondant work. Uh, maybe it looks like tie dye. These are just I'm riffing, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Try and figure out what can be your specific stamp. Yeah, I I understand and what then, you're saying. Right. And then, uh, so one guy I saw on Instagram, I wish I remembered his IG handle, but he does, I think they're called, they're not called lava cakes, but they, he has a container and he pulls the container up and then maybe the dress of the Barbie cake falls down uh, and that the dress is made of some liquidy, fondant type thing. I, <laughs> Am have, I, making I have seen those. Yeah. And, but that's his one specialty and all his Instagram feed is that, and people love it. They watch them, they comment. So that is how narrow you can go, you know? And then uh, second point was think about your branding and your visual representation to look more professional. And third and final point would be reach out to potential clients and potential clients can just be friends and family initially. It can feel embarrassing to do this, but often, and this is this works like this for coaches as well, our first clients are friends and family, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You are doing incredible work, and they are clients. And then they share your work, and it spreads like wildfire at word of mouth, you know? Yeah. So, don't be afraid to start with friends or family. Awesome. I love it. Let's see. Honestly, everything has been so yeah. <laughs> so informative. I'm trying to see if like we even have any more questions because you've covered so much. Do you I guess well I'm we glad. could just we could just go with do you have any more advice for a small business, a small bakery? Um anything that you have to say just business <laughs> tips or anything yeah yeah I would set quarterly goals for the business and they don't have to be huge scary goals like I will you know create cakes for at least 20 weddings this month or whatever like they can be tiny goals but still have intention around it and you can do the 
year end uh, sort of looking back at the past year and see what was successful and what wasn't. And you can calibrate for the new year. And we're in January right now. Uh, I don't know when this episode will air, but um, you still have time to do uh, a quarterly goal setting session for 2021. And just take stock of what you are enjoying and what you're not. Business doesn't have to be, doesn't have to feel like chores. It doesn't have to feel like work. You can listen to your heart and make money. I promise you can. Just be true to what your vision is because that is what's going to help you stand up in the first place. I, so I, love, I like that. Advice. Yeah, that's great. And all of this, I, I love how all of this is great for business, but it's also great for um, the the last question that someone sent was advice about outside of caking to live a a creative and beautiful life. And I just think all of this kind of kind of fits in with that. But do you have any advice for those that maybe it isn't about caking, but just about feeling more creative in their life? Yeah, I mean, two things come to mind. One, absorb and uh, expose yourself to other forms of art. Uh, It doesn't have to be just about caking. Often when our creative work is also our career, we can get stuck in that one field. Um, But that can become stagnant and uh, you can lose inspiration. But just expose yourself to other forms of art and journal around what uh, feelings come up when you do, uh, maybe, well, we can't go to theater right now. I was going to (laughs) say, if you go to a, um, you know, a a play or a concert, which we can't, we can do those virtually. So maybe do some of that and see what comes up for you. Um, it will help you. It will keep you on your creative toes, let's say. Good advice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Esma. This has been so great. And I I love what you're doing. And I just think that there is, this is an episode we'll want to listen to a couple of times, because this has a lot of things that I think would be great to, to bring into our businesses and, and just and just into our lives too. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I had so much fun. I, I'm a very good cake eater. I'm not a very good baker, um, but I very much enjoyed talking about the industry for sure. Yeah. Well, we have to have cake eaters in order to have cake makers. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you love that? I just absolutely loved her whole, like, your zone of genius. Because, um, man, do we all feel that way sometimes? There are just some things that don't feel like work. It just feels like a joy to do them and they're fun and you just feel inspired. And I just thought that was so cool. So I hope you got something out of that. And thank you so much, Asma, for joining us on the podcast. Next week, we will be talking to Brett from Hobble Creek Cake Company. And she's also great. You'll you'll love hearing her story. And she's got some cool services that she's offering to at-home bakers. So that'll be fun to hear about that next week. So In the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you enjoyed the episode, even though Savannah wasn't here. And I'm not sure when she will be back, but we we wish her a speedy recovery and 
all the cuddles and snuggles and good stuff that comes with a new baby. And so thank you so much to Corey for all of his hard work. And thanks to all of you for listening. And we'll look forward to next week when we continue to talk cake. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram. Subscribe and write a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.